0: Over 30 years, I served in the local church as a pastor. And one of the most frequently asked questions I would get would be, Pastor, how can I study the Bible more? How can I understand the Bible when I read it? People that I pastor just were, they were so frustrated because when they tried to read the Bible, for the most part, they just didn't get it. I don't know if that's what you are experiencing, but I want to tell you that you're not alone. Welcome to Understanding Scripture with Dr. J Podcast. My name is Jimmy, and I'm your host on this journey. When I pastored, I I would tell people that, you know, most people would uh, Bible reading and Bible study would just be another checkbox that they would need to do every day or every five days so that they could say, I did something spiritual this week. Now, I would like to encourage people not to worry about checking off the box and not worrying about how far do I get in Bible study. When I pastored I used to tell people I just want you to read until you've learned something. I would tell people that that the Bible's not meant to be read in one continuum from Genesis to Revelation. I would remind them that from Abraham to David was about 2000 years, between David and Jesus was 1000 years, between Jesus and today is over 2000 years. Then I would take their Bible and I would Get those two pages, blank pages, usually between Malachi and Matthew, and I would tell them that those two pages represent four to 450 years of history, which is longer than the United States has been in existence. And I would let that soak in a little bit, and then I would say something like, Just think how much the United States has changed since our founding fathers. When you begin to read the Bible, my friends at the Center for Holy Land Studies teach that. In order to understand scripture, you can't just pick up the Bible and begin to read it, whether it's Genesis or Hosea or James or Hebrews, and and then interpret it within your current culture or history or geography or even spirituality. You and I must do the work to enter into the specific time, place, and culture of the particular passage that you want to study so that you can begin to understand what is being written every passage in the bible they would teach us has at least four dynamics that you have to consider if you want a to properly understand what you are reading in previous podcasts we've talked about three of the four we've talked about culture we've talked about history we've talked about the land or geography And Today, we want to talk about spiritual climate. Now, this one, this fourth dynamic, is is a challenge for us, because usually when we approach a particular passage of Scripture that we are going to read and we want to study, we do so with our own spirituality. The Bible, after all, is part of our spiritual reflection. It's part of our spiritual understanding. It's part of our spiritual experience. And so, what's hard for us to wrap our minds around is the fact that when the Bible was written, it had its own spirituality that more than likely was different than your spirituality. So, I, what I want to do in this podcast is just kind of walk you through the climate, the spiritual climate of the Bible, and to show you the big picture of some key figures and how it changed, the spirituality changed in their life. How. How Adam understood and worshiped God was not the same as Abraham understood and worshiped God. And how Abraham understood and worshiped God was not the same that David understood and worshiped God. Solomon, David's son, he worshiped God differently than, than his and his generation than his father did. So let's look at a few of these instances. Adam, if you were to go back and look at the beginning, he had an intimate relationship with God. That was his spirituality. God created him in the garden. Within the the language of Genesis, when you read that, you'll find that humanity worshiped God in an intimate fashion. I mean, the Bible says that Enoch walked with God, and he kept walking with God right to heaven. By the time you get to Abraham, If you'll remember, Abraham was an idolater who lived inside of Babylon. He he came from the earl of the Chaldeans, and this was prior to him serving God. And Abraham does not follow after God until, uh, until God calls him and God's voice speaks to him. Abraham has his theophany, his experience with God. And Abraham had a different expression of spirituality than the forefathers Had who intimately knew God before him. Now, if you were to go a few hundred years later to Moses, the people and their spirituality was different than Abraham and Adam. Now, in the time of Moses, they're following God because they have seen the mighty acts of God. They have seen God do some tremendous things, and they are surrounded by desolation. You'll remember in the, in the time of Moses, the children of Israel are in slavery, and now they find themselves out of slavery, and they're following God in and through a wilderness. So now instead of this intimate worship that Adam had, it is now shifted in the time of Moses to a more corporate worship and spirituality. It's during this time that they, they begin together in one place, they're worshiping God, in a tabernacle. That's, that's where the Spirit of God dwelt. Eventually there's a permanent tabernacle set up for worship in Shiloh. And all of Israel would now come to this place to worship God, and they would grow in their spirituality. The people of God were were used to following a tent all over the wilderness. They were used to, f- to following God in that manner, and they were used to developing their spirituality by following God in, through a wilderness. Now all of a sudden they're asked to meet with God three times a year at a place called Shiloh in one location. Now there's a short period of time, basically one generation, that the tabernacle is destroyed and they cannot worship God corporately in one place until David comes on the scene and he establishes the temple. After Solomon's generation, the there are problems with Jeroboam and Rehoboam, and the kingdom of Israel splits. The northern kingdom goes with Jeroboam, and they set up an altar at Bethel. It's one of the most uh, incredible places to go when we go to Israel. It's where the people in the northern kingdom would worship and develop their spirituality. Now they, instead of coming to Jerusalem to worship God three times a year, they are worshiping God in Bethel. They're worshiping God where they are. The temple of Jerusalem is the place where God prescribed his worship and, and, and the spirituality, is that's where it's supposed to be. It was in the temple of Jerusalem where God's Shekinah glory, his visible holy presence would appear. The people would go to Jerusalem three times a year to worship and and it was there that they developed their spirituality. When the people, when the temple is destroyed, then the, the question that the people had on their mind was where, where do we worship God now? Where do, where do we get our spirituality now? It was the beginning of the foundation of worship and spirituality in what we see as synagogues. And the synagogue became the placeholder of worship and spirituality until another temple is rebuilt in Israel. The second temple is built, and you can read about it in Ezra and Nehemiah. And this rebuilding takes place under the direction of Zerubbabel. And later, King Herod vastly expanded this temple. This is the temple that Jesus would have worshipped in during his day. His spirituality would have been developed at, at, during this time. Worship in the time of Jesus was similar to worship in the time of Solomon. Worship in the time of Jesus found people coming to a centralized place in Jerusalem to worship Jehovah God. This is where where you find this shift in spirituality that's becoming a little more relaxed. Babylon and Assyria invade Israel. The, the, The Israelites scattered throughout the world. Now there there are Jews that are in Rome, they're in Spain, and they aren't able to come to the temple, to to Jerusalem three times a year. I mean, coming to to the temple to worship was a lifetime uh, journey for them. It was a, a, a privilege to get to come there. So the shift towards the synagogue began to rise outside of Israel because the Jews in Rome or the Jews... Uh, in Spain they they still had a desire to worship god and develop their spirituality so the synagogue became even more prevalent during this time and and this is the precursor to to the church L- let me just give you a few examples remember when when paul goes inside the towns that have a jewish population on his missionary journey you're reading the book of Acts, and you, and you look at his missionary journeys. He's in Turkey. He's in Greece. He's in Rome. We are told that he goes to Paul goes to the synagogue. And if the city didn't have a large Jewish population like Philippi, then Paul would go down to the river because you would need to have 10 Jewish men to create a synagogue. And evidently, Philippi didn't have that. Eventually in 70 AD, when the temple is destroyed under the first Jewish revolt against the Romans, this event becomes a complete shift to the world of synagogues and then the development of the church. And our modern churches, much like the synagogues then, became a place of prayer, became a place of worship, and became a place of teaching. That's that's a, a, a fast and a a thirty thousand foot diagnostic, or or at least an observation of the the trend of spirituality and the interaction of people of the people with God. So let me just let me just to share with you why why is this important? But for you to know this as you study the Bible, there's a place called Tel Dan in Israel, even to this day. This city is the capital in the Bible times of the Dananites, the children of Dan. It was the place where idolatry really began inside the land of Israel. If you remember the book of Judges, they take the city of Lish, which was originally supposed to be, was not supposed to be, excuse me, part of Israel. This is a Phoenician city connected to Tyre and Sidon. The Israelites conquered the city, but they don't really get rid of the idols from the city. Now unlike the other places of Israel where you have to trust God for rain because the other places of Israel there's it's full of drought and when you walk but when you walk through the city of Dan even today it's one of the most it's one of my most favorite places to go there's water everywhere Now they they were supposed to get rid of the idols they should have gotten rid of the idols just like God had instructed them to do But because of the abundance of water, they stopped trusting in in God because they did not need to trust Him. And that was their spirituality. So when you read the Bible, the, the fourth dimension you're reading from is this idea of spirit. You need to know what their spirituality is. Because they felt like in their spirituality, they didn't need Jehovah God. So because of that, they went astray and eventually led the entire nation of Israel astray. Uh, it's one of my most favorite places to visit when I go to Israel. And even to this day, you can still see the base of an altar that's erected in Tel Dan. So, what does that tell us today? So, I, I look at this scripture and I read about this story and I hear you tell me about spirituality. But what is this telling me today? It's telling me today that we need to learn to trust Jehovah God rather than the world. We trust in our bank accounts and our finances and our in our stability of our jobs, and the same thing that happened to Dan uh, hopefully doesn't happen to us today. Hopefully we learn that we, we should trust God and rely on him and don't let the spirituality of what happened in Dan become the spirituality in our life as well. So that's one of the stories. Another story I like or another place I like to visit is Capernaum. If you were to visit that city today, and I have several times, it's broken up into two different places. There's a the Greek Orthodox side and there's the Catholic Franciscan side. And when you walk around that that, that, that compound at Capernaum, either side, what you you are walking around the Lake of Galilee, and you are in the middle of what's called the evangelical triangle, where 80 to 90 percent of Jesus' ministry has taken place. Capernaum is Jesus' hometown after he is kicked out of Nazareth. To be in that area is an incredible time of reflection upon the greatness of God. He calms the waters and that you're looking at the place where the waters, the Lake of Galilee, where the storms would arise. And and yet he calmed those and he can calm our, our storms today. The spirituality is so vital and so important for us. That You need to put this in your, and brand this in your heart and brain. And as you begin to study the Bible, you begin to look for those, for, those, for culture and for the history and for the land or geography and the spirituality, you begin to put those together. Next week, we're, I'm excited, we're going to be starting a study in the Gospel of John. These four these four lessons, these first four, I wanted to set up so you would know where we are headed when we begin our Bible studies together. And so I hope you've gained something and gleaned something from these four studies and these four podcasts. And I just want to say thank you for joining me for in this podcast of Understanding Scripture with Dr. J. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast, I'm just going to ask you to do a couple of things. Would you subscribe? So... So we can you can continue to get the content out each week and, and every time we release it, you will get it. And also, would you be able be sure to like us and rate us and then share it with your friends and family if, if you think this is something that could be of benefit to them? Well, I hope you've gleaned something from our time together. And my prayer for you is that God would enlighten your understanding as you begin to journey towards developing a better understanding of God's Word.